Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're talking about Año Domini, which is the medieval Latin words for in the year of our Lord, in the year of our Lord. So we want to go to Isaiah chapter 61, which by the way, if you have your, your um, phone or tablet, you can log on to the Version app, and at the Version app, you can find my outline for today and follow along there. Uh, just search 88220, and it will bring that up, and you can follow my outline. Praise God. But uh, in the year of our Lord, Isaiah chapter 61, verse number one, says, the Spirit of the Lord... God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. Now, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, after he was baptized by John in the river Jordan, and then he he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness, and there he was tempted for 40 days and nights, and he returned, the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. He entered into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they handed him the book of Isaiah to read, and he went to this passage that we just read from. And he began to make this statement from, from that passage of Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me anointed me, and he goes on and talks about what he was anointed to do, and then he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and you can find the account of Jesus reading from this passage of scripture uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse number 19, and I like the way that the amplified classic edition of the scriptures reads on this, it says to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. I love that. That the, when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. You see, there was a time when Adam fell and because of Adam's fall, the Bible says that, that death passed upon all of us. And, um, you know, it wasn't my sin that made me a sinner. Now, I'm not saying I didn't have any sin. The Bible says that we all have sinned. But it wasn't my sin. See, I sinned because I was a sinner. I, it wasn't my sin that made me a sinner. I sinned because I was a sinner. And you see, Jesus came and he became sin for me. But it was Adam's sin that caused me to be a sinner. I was born into this world. I was born as the offspring of Adam. 
and therefore sin and death was passed down to me. Now, if, if it was not my sin that caused me to be a sinner, then why do I think it's so strange, or why would I think it's so strange that it would not be my righteousness that would make me righteous? You see what I'm saying? It wasn't my sin. It was someone else's sin. But because I am their offspring, because I was the offspring of Adam, his sin caused me to be a sinner. Because of his sin causing me to be a sinner, therefore I sinned. Okay? Now, Jesus, through his righteous obedience to the Father, his righteousness, when I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, his righteousness was counted to me. And when his righteousness was counted to me, his righteousness caused me to be righteous. Praise God. You see, that's the justice of God. God is faithful and he is just. John, uh, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God was justified in, in forgiving my sin and declaring me to be righteous. Why was he justified? Because my sin had been paid for. Praise God. It had been paid for in, uh, upon the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin demands a punishment. Jesus was punished in my place. And therefore, I can go free. Now, we talk about the events around the cross. How many of you remember a man by the name of Barabbas in, in the Scripture? A man by the name of Barabbas. You know, this, this was not in my outline, but it's something that just uh, passed through my my thinking as I was worshiping and meditating this morning, Barabbas is a, is a compound word, uh, and, and this was the man's name, who was a notorious thief and a murderer. And the crowds demanded that Barabbas be released instead of Jesus. They wanted to release one prisoner to the people, and they said, you can either choose between Barabbas or Jesus. They chose Barabbas. Now, that's very significant. They didn't know they were prophesying when they did that. Barabbas, the first part of that name, Bar, means the son of. Abbas, or Abbas, means man. Now, so when we put that together, we have the son of man. Now, how many remember that in reading the scripture that Jesus is sometimes called the son of man? All right? Here's the thing. Jesus was the son of God, but also he was called the son of man. Um, Barabbas was the son of man. But see, when they said, give us Barabbas, what they were actually saying is, take the son of God and crucify him and release the son of man. Now, what a beautiful picture that is. I mean, it is a horrible event, but I mean, what, what a wonderful, wonderfully spoken uh way to put it that Jesus, the Son of God, was nailed to a cross in our place so that the sons of men might go free. Praise God. The sons of men. Give us Barabbas 
Take Jesus, the Son of God, and crucify him, and let the sons of men go free. Praise God. Praise God. Now, um, Jesus said he came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, he wasn't talking about, uh, you know, 2018 or, you know, or, or any other. He was talking about the year of Jubilee. In the year of Jubilee, the Old Testament law was that those who had lost property, that had lost possessions, that had lost things during, you know, for the previous 50 years, the year of Jubilee came around every 50th year. And on that 50th year, the year of Jubilee, all of the slaves went free. All of the captives went free. Praise God. And so it was the year of Jubilee. And those that heard Jesus say this and, and, and were familiar with this scripture, the acceptable year of the Lord, it referred to the year of Jubilee when, when man would be returned to his rightful possession and he would, he would go free from the slavery and from the, the bondages, his property would be restored. A wonderful type and shadow of what Jesus came to do. Praise God. But he said that he went on in Luke chapter 4, and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. Now, what we need to realize, when Jesus went to the cross, died there on the cross, went to the grave, was buried, was raised up on the third day, and when he was raised up on that third day, it was actually the beginning of the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, Jesus was introducing the acceptable year of the Lord back when, when he read from this passage of Scripture in Isaiah, uh, the 61st chapter. He was introducing the acceptable year of the Lord. He was introducing the year when freedom would come to all of the captives. And what did he say here in, in uh, um, it, it said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news. Praise God. To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. The opening of prisons for those who are bound. And so on. And he begins to talk about these things. Bible says that, that Mary came to the tomb as the day was beginning to dawn on the first day of the week. She came to the tomb and found the tomb empty. And what had happened there, not only was a new day dawning, but this was, the, this was actually, this was the real New Year's. Praise God. This, this was the, marked the beginning of the acceptable year of the Lord. This marked the beginning of the real jubilee. This marked the beginning of the year when God's salvation and free favors would profusely abound. Up until that time, if you wanted the blessing of God, you needed to keep the law. You had to keep the commandments, and if you broke any commandment, the curse would come upon you, or you had to offer a sacrifice. You had to bring a sacrifice lamb and offer that sacrifice 
so that your sin could be covered. But, remember this, Jesus is called the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus came as the Lamb of God. The Lamb was crucified or sacrificed. He became your sacrifice. And then He rose again from the dead. And this marked the beginning of the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, because we are in a new year, hallelujah, the year of our Lord, we are in A.D., we are in Anya Domini, we are in the year of our Lord, now we are in the year when God's favors and His salvation is free. Praise God. Praise God. Now today, when I fail, sometimes I do. When I commit a sin, and sometimes I do. And if you'll be honest, you do too. Praise God. The, the good news is that His salvation and His free favors profusely abound. Praise God. So, when, you know, we've got an accuser of the brethren that wants to accuse us every time we commit a sin, every time we fail. What do we say? How do we respond to that? Uh, you're about a year too late. Praise God. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. You're a year too late. Praise God. Because this year, His salvation is free. Praise God. This year, it's not based on what I did this year, it's based on what Jesus did. Praise God. So, devil, if you want to accuse me, you're a year too late. Hallelujah. That's last year's news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say with me. Say, that's last year's news. Praise God. We are in a new year, the year of our Lord. Now, notice what they did. They went to the tomb. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 1. And after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, and came and rolled back the stone from the door, sat on it, and his countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow, and the guards took, uh, shook for fear of him. And became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. They said, The angel said, Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Come and see where he was. Now, I want you to notice the very next thing that he says in, in verse number six. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where our Lord lay, where the Lord lay. In Matthew 28, verse number 7, he continues, what are the first three words of, of verse number 7? And go quickly. He said, come and see and go quickly. You see, here's what we have a tendency to do. And this is the thing that was on my heart all this week. We have a tendency to want to hang around the empty tomb. 
to come and see it. It's empty, but this is not a memorial that you should worship. This is evidence that he's not there. Praise God. This is evidence that he is risen, but now you have seen, now go, hurry, go, go quickly and tell. Praise God. Praise God. And they saw, and then in verse 8, so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. Notice, they came and they saw, but they didn't hang around at the tomb. You see, we want to just stay around the tomb many times. We want to stay around where Jesus was, but the angel said, he's not there. He's risen. Praise God. He's not on the cross anymore. He's not in the grave anymore. He is risen. Praise God. And now because he is risen, we need to go quickly and tell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, they came and they saw. You see, this is the year. This is the real New Year's Day. This is Anya Domini. This is the year of our Lord. Praise God. But now what? Now we came and we saw that the tomb is empty, but now we got to go. Praise God. In um, Matthew 28, verse number 9, so they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice. Rejoice. So they came, notice what they did, they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Now, they came to worship. We all come to worship on this Resurrection Sunday. But I want to encourage you today that this is why we don't celebrate, you know, this, this is why we don't do this every day, every year, or, or every week, every Sunday. You know, this is why we don't do this because there, there, there's something very important that I want you to see. They came in they came and they held him by his feet and they worshiped him. And then notice what Jesus said. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go and tell. Do not be afraid, go and tell my brethren, I go to Galilee and there they will see me. So notice this. Many Christians, they want to just spend their whole life worshiping. Anybody enjoy praise and worship? You enjoy praise and worship? I enjoy praise and worship. Feels great. Feels great to come into the presence of the Lord and to praise and worship. But there's something Jesus said, you know, hey, it's okay. Let's rejoice. Come on. Let's rejoice. They came and they worshiped him. And then he said, okay, now get up and go. Go. Don't just stay here. Don't just stay here. Many times we want to just worship and praise all the time. But there's a job that we've got to do. We've got to get up and we've got to go. Praise God. Now, I, I, I like it to, to, to think of it this way. That I will be doing praise and worship for eternity. You know, when, when this life is over and I've passed from this life, I can enter into the presence of the Lord and I can praise and worship Him for what He has done for eternity. Praise God. But... There is a time stamp 
There is a time limit on going and telling. When this life is over, I don't need to go tell anybody else. There is a, there is a time frame in which I need to go tell. Now, I can spend all of my time praising and worshiping, or I can get up and go tell. Praise God. Now, it's great to have this celebration of the resurrection of our Lord, but remember, you know, we're going to be doing this for eternity. We're going to be doing it, you know, once, once we're gone, once we're in heaven, we're going to be worshiping Him forever, and He is worthy of eternal worship, but He knows that there is a time limit. There is only a certain time frame that we can go tell. You see, everybody that's going to be there already knows. We don't need to tell them. They already know. But there are people here in this life that they don't know. They have never heard that Jesus is risen from the dead. They have never heard why he died there's a whole lot of people that know he died, but they have no idea why he died. They have no idea that everything changed. They, had no, they have no idea that this is New Year's Day. Praise God. They've got no idea that, that everything changed. When Jesus came out of the tomb, everything changed. I was dead in trespasses and sin but I have been made alive with him. Praise God. And I have been given, let's, let's go on and let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He made him who knew no sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Get that. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of of God in him. You see, human tendency is this. It's to stand around the empty tomb. But the message is, you've seen, now go quickly and tell. Now notice what it says. He goes on from, from uh, if we back up just a, a couple of verses, in Second Corinthians chapter 5, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. You see, Jesus wasn't the only one that passed away that day on the cross. My old man passed away that day. Hallelujah. I was buried with him. And he wasn't the only one that came out of the grave. Hallelujah. I came out of the grave with him. And if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can come out of the grave. Or you have come out of the grave too. And if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today's a great day to get up, take off the grave clothes, and come out of the grave. Hallelujah. Praise God. But then in verse 17, he goes on, he says, All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Romans chapter 6, verse number 4. It says, Therefore, we were buried with him, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised, notice this, I like those words, just as Christ. Just as Christ. So in the same way that Christ came out of the grave, hallelujah, just as Christ was raised from the dead 
by the glory of the Father, even so we. Yeah. Put, put those in your memory bank and just begin to go over and over and meditate on that today. Just as Christ, even so we. Just as Christ, even so we. Praise God. Just as Christ, let's say it together. Just as Christ, even so we. Hallelujah. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Romans chapter 6, verse number 8, if we jump down, it says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Praise God. Now, in, back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 once again. Would you get this? Now all things, now let's just take this in context, you know, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us, notice this, the ministry of reconciliation. So he talks about that, that if we are in Christ, we are a new creature. And then he says, now you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Sounds kind of like, go quickly, doesn't it? Now you have been made a new creature in Christ. Now go quickly. Now go quickly and tell it. Praise God. Go quickly and tell it. Hallelujah. Because the human tendency is to hang around the empty tomb. But the message is, you have seen, now go quickly and tell. Praise God. Praise God. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's been raised from the dead with him. Now you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. So go quickly and tell. Verse 19 says, that is. He tells us what the ministry of reconciliation is. What are we supposed to go tell? We're supposed to go tell that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. There we see it again repeated. He says, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You've been given the word of reconciliation. So he's telling us, now you have been raised up. Let's not hang around the tomb anymore. You know, let's, we, we fell down at his feet and we have held on to his feet and we have worshiped him. But he says, now it's time to get up, and it's time to go tell. Praise God. Praise God. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not diminishing the importance of praise and worship. You know, praise and worship is a wonderful thing. We need to praise and worship. We all should be worshipers. Praise God. But you see, the greatest worship that you can do is to go tell. 
Praise God. The greatest worship you can do is to go tell. Not to, not to stand around the cross. You know, at the foot of the cross, that's where I want to be. That's, you know, people talk about that. Why do I want to be at the foot of the cross? It is, it, it, it's where he died. It's where he was, but he's not there anymore. Why do I want to hang around the empty tomb? You know, that's important that Jesus came out of the tomb, and we need to come and see. What do we need to see? That he's not there anymore, and then we need to get up, and we need to move on from there, praise God, and go do the work, the ministry of reconciliation so that others can be reconciled to him. Praise God. Praise God. He's given us the word of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. He's telling, he's, he's actually giving you a sermon outline here. He's telling you, he did your sermon preparation for you. Called you to preach. Anybody been called to preach? All of you. Every single one of you, you've been called to preach. You have all been given if anyone is in Christ. If you are in Christ, you just lumped yourself into that, that bunch. If you are in Christ, you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So you have been called to the ministry. Praise God. Now, what do we do? We go and tell that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now, the Bible refers to the world as, and when it talks about that, it's, it's referring to people who don't know Christ. Praise God. So today I want to close with that. And I want to give you an invitation. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today is the best day to do that. Praise God. Not yesterday. Yesterday's already gone. Too late for yesterday. Tomorrow may be too late, period. So there's no better moment than right now. Praise God. To receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior because everything he did was for you and for your benefit. But you see, it doesn't just fall on you like ripe apples off of a tree. You have to choose it. You believe that Jesus went to the cross, paid for your sins, died the death that you should have died, and he rose again from the dead, having defeated sin, sickness, death, having defeated poverty, having defeated all of the things that came into this world to destroy you. He defeated them, and he rose victoriously. Praise God. If you believe that, one thing that you lack, that is to choose. To choose. To choose to accept it on your behalf. So whether you're watching this online or whether you're sitting in this room, I want to lead you in a prayer where we make a verbal commitment to our choice. To choose to put our trust in Jesus for our salvation. 
See, when you stand before God someday, He's not going to ask you, were you a good person? He's going to ask you, did you accept what I did for you in Christ? That's the only answer that is the right answer is, yes, I did. I chose Jesus. It's the only answer that will suffice. So right now, I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. And if you pray this and you mean it, you got to mean it. you got to believe it and mean it. If you pray this, you mean it, you believe it. Praise God. Then the Bible says you will be saved. So let's pray this together right now. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to take the punishment for my sin. And then he rose again from the dead victoriously. And now I accept what he did on my behalf. I choose you. I put my trust in him that what he did was more than enough. And I receive that salvation right now. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.